Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. Milwaukee and southeastern Wisconsin really have some wonderful outreach initiatives going on, and we use this radio show to give nonprofits a voice to share what they're doing and to share how people can get involved. So educate yourself on a number of different opportunities that are available and, and volunteer and feed your passion and just do something, make a move. Do something for the benefit of another, and I guarantee you, you will be blessed. So, I have a question for all you listeners. How many of you have seen the movie Night at the Museum? I thought it was really well done. I love Ben Stiller and Robin Robin Williams. I also saw Night at the Museum 2 and Night at the Museum 3, and no, apparently there will not be a number 4. I don't know about you, but for me, it brought back memories of... I think it was third or fourth grade when we took a school field trip to the Milwaukee Public Museum. You know, the dinosaur exhibit. Wow. Or the streets of old Milwaukee. Really cool. And then if you're lucky, your parents gave you some money to treat yourself to a candy stick. Right? Remember that? On today's show, we're going to talk about days gone by and hear stories from the past that will possibly bring back some great stories of days gone by for you as well. My first guest today is Bonnie Bird, Executive Director of the Waukesha County Historical Society. Welcome to the show today, Bonnie. Thank you so much, Jill. I'm thrilled to join you here today. We are happy to have you with us today and excited to to learn all about the museum or the the, uh, Historical Society. So... how did you have your own museum experience as a kid that prompted you to get involved with with the museum now or how did you how did you get involved I absolutely did I was I think in first grade going on the kind of local history field trip uh, and have a vivid memory of walking into uh, what was a glassblowing demonstration and just being enraptured Mm. by the demonstration, by this person who was dressed in a way that was unfamiliar to me, but could talk to me and help me understand something that I otherwise would have never known about. Uh, And I was bitten from there. Uh, That (laughs) that museum was one. I'm, I'm one of four girls in the family, so finding things to do for the summertime was very important to my mother to keep us well occupied. That museum became a site that we went to all the time uh, and was my first job in the museum world over a decade ago. Oh, wow. Uh, was working for that for that particular museum. So, so that kind of came since. full circle. And what museum is that then? I'm originally from Northeast Ohio. Uh, uh-huh. So it's a place called Hale Farm and Village, not dissimilar to Old World Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, a little bit smaller than Old World, but mm-hmm. they uh, they held their own. Uh, but, I mean, beyond just the the bug of that particular location, the sense that there are these incredible historic organizations in our backyards and the power that they have. I mean, for both of us, that you're a kid on a field trip and it just sparks something or can connect something for you, Uh, whether that is an MPM, Milwaukee Public Museum, or some of the smaller local historic organizations who can really help make it more personal, right? You can make a connection with what you're seeing. It's the individual or it's the object that you've never really encountered before that's presented in a new or interesting way. And I think that's that's key because for young kids, they would never have had this opportunity right, otherwise. Right, I mean, exactly. when would you have had a chance to go see 
a glass, glass exactly, or, yeah, exactly exactly outside so. of maybe courting new york and visiting a, the factory out there but yeah so it's one of the things that really makes museums so special is is that uniqueness of experience you can have chances to engage with things you might not otherwise seek out sometimes yeah. too so that ability to present stuff to folks that they might not think of otherwise yeah and it's neat that you can tie your first experience back to you know back in first grade to what what you're doing now and and the passion and why you do it um your mission to foster an exploration of the american experience through the stories of waukesha county by discovering the past embracing the present and shaping the future that's your your mission statement it's wonderful um how do you go about doing that uh, well, we do it in a number of ways, and, and it's it's something that many historic societies uh, across the country do, and it's certainly embedded there in our mission statement that we're taking local stories and giving them broader contacts. Uh, for us, that means operating our on-site museum. It's there in our name, the Waukesha County Historic Society and Museum, and so that museum offers a variety of different exhibits throughout the year, uh, as well as standing and permanent exhibits that, that bring folks to us. I think the most well-known is our Les Paul exhibition. Right. Yeah. Uh, Les is a big figure about about certainly the city of Waukesha and southeast Wisconsin, too, for his influences. Uh, that's one that really draws folks from all over the world into, into our part. All of, over the world? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Wow. There's an incredible uh, music enthusiast uh, and guitar enthusiast. Uh, crowd. Uh, we actually had someone in this week who bought uh, some Les Paul t-shirts to take home to Germany with them. Uh, so yeah, oh, we're cool. all over yeah. the world with our Les Paul exhibition. You have a global reach. Absolutely. Uh, but we also bring in uh, traveling and, and temporary exhibitions. We've been hosting uh, a nationally known artist, John Cash, who's from Waukesha. Uh, he does caricature work uh, and he started with the show in Pennsylvania, brought it home to Waukesha, is going out to the West Coast after this. Uh, And so bringing in things, again, that folks might not think of us for is this exhibition of almost 100 pieces of caricature artwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that that exhibition features uh, my personal favorite piece from that is a cartoon that John did when he was 14 years old. He walked into the editor's office at the Waukesha Freeman and said, hey, I've got this cartoon of uh, President Ford at the time and a Jimmy Carter shark coming underneath him while he's floating on a pool float somewhere or a lake float somewhere. Uh, but John, you know, explains this cartoon to the, the Freeman ed- editor and he bought it and quite literally paid him $25. It was his first professional piece of art sold. Oh. He's been going ever since. Mm. Uh, and so those stories, too, of, of the various places you can go, you never know. You know, a kid from, from Waukesha, a kid from Oconomowoc or Genesee or wherever you might find yourself, you never know what your your life story might turn into. And, and so shows like that are ability to bring in those opportunities to explore the potential that people have in the world and, and contextualizing, again, what starts in the local can absolutely continue to reverberate from there towards, uh, you know, certainly the, the American experience, but even beyond that sometimes. Yeah, and it's nice for local people to know what local people are doing, absolutely, right? Absolutely. You know, to shine a light on them. And now... I was first exposed to the uh, Historical Society and Museum last year. I'm an ambassador with the Waukesha County Business Alliance, and they became new members, and I went out there to talk with them, and we got a tour. And, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness, what what a beautiful building. It is. Um, But I understand that the uh, uh, 
historic county courthouse went through a restoration project yeah. and that there was a time when it was described as being quote unquote dark during the construction process. Yes. What does that mean and how is it now? Uh, so the the dark phase, such as it were, we were, the other term we use sometimes was hard close. Because of active construction, we could not bring schools or guests into our building to visit us. We had to store our collections and archive materials and exhibits safely away so that our building, really our largest artifact, could be restored. Mm. Uh, and so that meant we were a museum that existed outside our four walls. Um, and that gets to some of, of the other ways in which we uh, pursue our mission. We publish a quarterly landmark magazine uh, sourced from local historians, advocational historians, professional historians, uh, students, whether they're teenagers or or. In one case, we have a centennial author. She's 102 this year, still publishing uh, articles with us. How do people get a hold of that? So our members receive Landmark Magazine as part of of a membership benefit. It's also available in our gift shop for sale. Okay. Um, So membership, though, is the way to kind of guarantee you never miss an issue, of course. Uh, But that Landmark reaches uh, every year about 1,200 folks who are on that mailing list. So that's a really incredible way that we're able to get out in the world. Uh, as well as that, then during, again, that dark period of, of construction, uh, we were able to continue our programs with schools and with scout groups and adult senior centers and, and apart, uh, adult living uh, centers through our outreach. Uh, we have uh, two programs, one that we call Museum to Go, where one of our docents takes a program into a classroom or into a library room and will discuss a particular historic topic, or uh, our Discovery Box program, which is tremendously popular with area teachers where they can rent a kit. Uh, We have a a Civil War discovery box, we have a a fur trade themed discovery box, and it comes with a collection of artifacts that are hands-on to take into the classroom and a binder of materials then that teachers not only understand what these items are they're looking at, but activity suggestions and, and enrichments for their curriculums for their social studies units. That's awesome to know that you have that uh, teachers and schools can take advantage of uh, resources and that you go beyond the walls, as you said. Um, It's interesting to to see how that impacts um, local schools and the community. Now, you had shared with me a study that was done by the American Alliance of Museums that said the total financial impact that museums have on the economy in Wisconsin is $600 million. Wow. (laughs) That's a big number. Stay tuned to hear how the Waukesha County Historical Society and Museum is contributing to that. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Bonnie Bird, Executive Director of the Waukesha County Historical Museum. So, $600 million impact on the economy, huh? That's that's, that's quite that's a big number. I'm, I'm not going to take credit for quite all of that, but... Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin wide, as yeah. a whole, yeah, yeah. We have an incredible museum community, um, and it really is that. I've already outed myself as a transplant to the area, um, but this statewide community of folks really 
reached out and, and made me one of their own very quickly. I'm, nice. I'm willing to call myself a Wisconsinite much faster <laughs> than I thought I would be otherwise. Are you a Badger fan? I might be from Ohio. Uh-oh. So that makes it. But I've lived in five different states, so my loyalties abound. I will say I've adopted the Brewers as my National League team. Okay, totally there you go. with that. Badgers? Getting there. Still working on it. Still, work. I love Madison, though. I there love go. going to Madison. And I've been there for, for games. It's a fabulous place to be on a game day. So and it I imagine it has a nice museum in their own right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of, of how our organization, the, the Waukesha County Historic Society and Museum, our largest impact was actually what we were just talking about, our, our dark period, our construction period. We were one of several historic preservation projects in the state uh, over the past few years, supported through the state historic tax credit program, as well as federal historic tax credit program, uh, which is an offset to the project cost. So it's not immediate. Here's, here's a, a checkbook, but we still had to find private investors, found a development partner who brought in the investment necessary to the project. So we all said and done, my understanding is we're going to come in between six and seven million dollars of direct investment into our building. That was local area trades working on our building. That was oh. in in our our part of of you know the the larger contribution. Uh, it's a huge investment to to a community to have a construction project of that size happen and of that uh, kind of dollar amount to happen. Uh, and that's what historic organizations, in particular context with with the tax credit programs and things, were able to advocate for. Often, were the owners of historic properties, as was the case for us with the historic courthouse complex. And so, finding ways to to leverage investment there, um, in addition to our direct. Service Services and programs. I, I spoke about uh, us as a as an international destination for folks. We're drivers of people into a new location. I'm the type of person if I'm in a new city or town. One of the things my husband and I do is look up on Google Maps and type in museums and see what's okay. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a really good indicator for. Where's a good place to go for a day trip? Or I'm traveling through and I need to kill some hours between the the wedding, you know, ceremony and the reception. What can I do? I'll go to the museum. Oftentimes that means you're going to go get lunch somewhere. You're going to get a drink somewhere after right. that. So we really are these anchors for our communities that can help drive folks in and keep them once they're there. That They're going to spend the day with us now. And I think, at least from my standpoint, I was not aware of how many historical society and museums are in Absolutely, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, you know, all different types, art mm-hmm. museums, you know, specific um, museums as well as, you know, the general museums like the yeah, Milwaukee Public yeah. Museum. But so are these investors how you support or fund the organization primarily then? In part, absolutely. Uh, so we're an organization that does not have one single source. We're a self-funded. Uh, and so private philanthropy is probably our largest bucket, as it were, made up of several hundred annual donors. Everything from, you know, the $30 annual membership as, as a support up into uh, some larger figure donations as well. We also write for grants from local and state and federal sources. Uh, we were really fortunate this past year to be supported through the Wisconsin Humanities Council for our Intergenerational Heritage Fair program. Uh, That's a program that allowed us in our first year reopen after renovations to guarantee we could serve a thousand students coming from throughout the county area. So that was a huge uh, support source was getting that grant from Humanities Council to support that program to make sure we could immediately start making our our educational service impact again to those students. Uh, And they're coming from again throughout the county. Uh, We 
see in our visitation about 60% of our school groups and patrons walking in the door are coming from kind of the immediate city of Waukesha area. Uh, and then after that, it's all coming from outside. So we draw a very mixed crowd into okay. our space. Well, and you talk about ways that um, you can you can fund your organization, yeah. like the... Uh, the uh, newsletter or the the magazine, sure, uh, certainly. But also uh, for those listeners out there that want to get involved somehow uh, and take a step further, volunteering yes. is important. Now you Absolutely. had mentioned that the Waukesha County Historical Society and Museum contributed five thousand hours of volunteer time annually. Yes. So yes. tell us more about how folks can get involved in history and in, engage with the community. Our volunteer, I, I sometimes refer to them as my uh, small army of volunteers. <laughs> they uh, do a range of functions. We have folks who love to talk to people. Uh, and so our, our greeter core, as it were, helps with our kind of frontline visitor service. Uh, they greet people when they walk in the door, uh, help us with admissions, help help man our gift shop area uh, for folks who really like to talk. Uh, <laughs> our docent core is the perfect spot for them. Uh, so our docents working with school groups, working with scout groups, area senior groups that are, are wanting a program and, and doing programs that are 60 minutes in length or longer. And what are you calling that position? Docents. 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 Sometimes they're called museum educators. Depends kind okay. of on, on the the preferred term uh, I think the museum vernacular exactly exactly <laughs> I think there's sometimes an impression of docents and kind of an official blazer jacket <laughs> and, and maybe some khakis we don't have a dress code for our docents just be comfortable and somewhat uh, professional and clean looking mm-hmm. uh, so and love history and right? love history mm-hmm. right and be interested in sharing history yeah. and having conversations with people mm-hmm. uh, right at, at the end of the day it's all about the stories that we get to share together um, we might be coming to you with a little bit more research behind our stories, but we want to connect you to those stories. We want to bring you into that so that it becomes part of what you recognize as your story. Your present is based on what has happened in the past, and your present becomes the past for what's going to happen in the future. So we live in this this kind of sci-fi continuum, as it were, sometimes, mm-hmm. of, of connection through time. Uh, our other volunteer opportunities, though, because I don't want to take for granted, I was working with some of our collections volunteers today, even. They help us take care of all the objects and collection, the artifacts, the archival materials. That's everything from helping us inventory things, making sure we know where everything is, it's safely housed, it's well tracked to digitizing items out of our photography collection, uh, to helping do research for writing labels and text copy that's going to go into future exhibits. So if you're a detail-oriented person, exactly. that's, that's exactly. a job for you. If you like to talk, then you're on the docent You're on side. the docent <laughs> side, absolutely, absolutely. So we really do try and work as well with folks if they come to us looking for volunteer opportunity what are you interested in even if you've not really done anything but visit a museum before what about your your visitor experience met the most to you what did you really tap into are you a person who likes to read every text panel or are you looking at all the objects mm-hmm. are you engaging with other people if you're on a group tour are you that person who's kind of nudging each other in the back corner going hey let's talk about this a little bit more uh so <laughs> i'd be that person yeah i i am absolutely that person too i'm the one that they're looking for in the room you just left uh so but we we want to find ways to help engage folks that 
also fulfill what they're looking for out of a volunteer experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you get longevity with that, exactly, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. You, if you aren't passionate about it, you're not going to stick around. Correct. Yeah. We've, we've got volunteers. Our building is right by St. Joseph's uh, in downtown Waukesha. We actually share a back alley. And one of my volunteers recalls when she was a student at St. Joe's many years ago, I will not say how many, uh, <laughs> they would sneak in through a back door into the county. At that time, it was still the county courthouse building or county building but the museum the historic society ran a one-room museum in the basement and so she would sneak down on recess into the basement so she's known our collection wow for a couple of decades now (laughs) so her her knowledge and and to your point that longevity of building her volunteer experience kind of based on the fact that she was engaged by these objects once upon a time yeah she is one of my most knowledgeable collections volunteers Mm, so i wouldn't trade for anything that's awesome well so what's next uh, for the Waukesha County Historical Society Museum. And, you know, what are some of the things, exciting things that you have coming up this year? So our year, we're uh, working on continuing to build out our exhibit areas. Uh, we've got some great ideas that we're developing that we'll be kind of uh, a f- sewing out in the community to get some feedback on and on what our exhibits can and should be. Uh, we'll be also focusing quite a bit on the centennial for women earning the right to vote. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin passes the 19th Amendment in 1919, June of 1919. So we'll be starting uh, in June of 2019 with some Women Earn the Vote programming, an article series in our Landmark magazine, some speakers coming through, carrying us all the way through, though, into 2020, uh, because it does take until August of 2020 for Tennessee to pass that final vote to get the amendment passed. So we're going to take that long view and really dig into uh, women earning the right to vote, the women's movement, and also talking about what it is to be a civically engaged citizen in the world. Wow. Lots of yeah. lots of exciting things going Very on. Very much so. Well, if someone's listening and they want to reach out and, and get more information, um, do you have uh, contact information like phone numbers, websites, Facebook page? All of the above. Absolutely. So you can find us online. We've got a very long name, so we shortened it, WaukeshaCountyMuseum.org, O-R-G. We'll find us online. If you're on Facebook, same thing, Facebook slash Waukesha County Museum. Phone number is 262-521-2859. Uh, if we're not there, the voicemail will pick up. We'll get back to you. All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie, for being with us today thank and you very sharing much, some stories of the past. And oh, it was look a forward pleasure. to some, making some stories in the future Definitely. there, too. You know, we've been sharing some interesting things specific to Waukesha County, which has been fabulous. But now, how about Milwaukee County? Milwaukee County has, of course, the Milwaukee County Museum with the big dinosaur exhibit in the streets of Old Milwaukee that I mentioned earlier that I remember as a kid. But the Milwaukee County Historical Society is a totally separate entity. So stay tuned to learn more about what the Historical Society has to offer. We'll be right back after a short break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Ben Barbera operations manager of the Milwaukee County Historical Society. Thank you for joining me today, Ben. Thank you, Joe. So help us to understand, first of all, um, what's the difference between the Milwaukee County Museum and the Milwaukee County Historical Society? Uh, Well, it's a difference in scope uh, and it's a difference in focus. The Milwaukee Public Museum is at its heart a natural history museum. So their their scope is much broader than ours. It's an international, worldwide scope. 
uh, and they tend to look at anything from um, early indigenous cultures through to butterflies and, and everything in between. The dinosaur exhibit and the streets of old Milwaukee and all exactly. those cool things. Exactly. Yeah. A, very, yeah. a very broad scope, but at their heart, it's natural history. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Milwaukee County Historical Society, our focus is very much the history of Milwaukee County. Uh, and as such, our main focus is on collecting and preserving documents, artifacts, photographs, anything that sort of represents that history and helps to tell those stories. Okay. So what specifically does the Historical Society do, and, and why are they so important? Uh, well, our, very, our most important uh, function is that we are the repository, the historical repository for the largest city and the largest county in the state. Uh, so we really are the place um, to go to learn about Milwaukee history, Milwaukee County history. Um, and so we really we, we do this in, in two ways. We have sort of two units of the Historical Society, if you will. We have a research library, and we have the museum unit. And in the research library, we have a large archive where um, we have documents and photographs and, and essentially two-dimensional uh, things that people can come and learn about family histories and business histories and learn about their house, their property, all kinds of things like that. And then we have the museum division where we do exhibits and sort of bring our stories to the public through public programming, school visits, uh, and all kinds of things along those lines. Uh, and so each each division sort of works together making uses of, of the resources of our collection, whether it be, um, you know, coroner's reports or it's uh, old beer and brewing memorabilia, uh, these are the things that, you know, we collect and we, and we show off to the public. How do you get the stuff? I mean, uh, do people just come in and say, hey, I've got this <laughs> this collective, um, you know, I, I've got this that has been around in my home for a while. Are you interested in it? Or I have these old pictures. Are you interested? I mean, how do you get your stuff? The vast majority of our collection has been donated to us. Okay. Um, we've been collecting as the Historical Society since 1935. So uh, our collection is, is very large and broad because of that uh, collecting time period. Uh, and, and so at this point in our collecting, we tend to try to be a little more focused, but early on, we tended to take pretty much anything and everything. So the joke I make is that we were like the 1940s Goodwill, basically, <laughs> when somebody was cleaning out their attic or you know they had all these old magazines and they weren't sure what to do with it. They said, hey, let's take it to the Historical Society. And uh, though it causes me some difficulties now, I can understand how at the time they were trying to build their collection. And they thought, hey, this is great. We'll take just about anything and we'll make a museum and a research library out of it. And, and then p- large organizations like maybe Alan Bradley or, you know, some of the breweries, do they say also, you know, we have these these things and, and come to you and say, do you want them? Or do you guys go out and actively seek things? Or, how, again, I'm just curious how you get all the stuff that you have. Well, Alan Bradley is a perfect example. In 2003, they donated over 1,200 items to us oh, sort of okay. as a – uh, artifact items to sort of uh, document the the material culture of their history and then countless i don't even know how many boxes of uh documents and and their their magazine and photographs and all these other things that that really sort of portrayed the the scope of their history that was donated to us uh Paps Brewing Company donated a number of things to us over the years so yeah large organizations often do um also churches different smaller organizations will will leave their records to us, and then, and then families as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the same thing with our artifact collection. It really can come from any number of areas. We don't um, 
actively solicit in most cases unless we hear about something really special that we think should be preserved. Uh, a lot of times it's people coming to us, but we're always keeping our, our ears and eyes out for opportunities. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, oh, I have this old dust collector item, and then they bring it to you and you find out, oh, my gosh, the value <laughs> that maybe they didn't realize um, bringing before they brought it in? That hasn't happened in, <laughs> in the five years that I've been there, but what we have done is found some things in our collection that uh, – Maybe p- people didn't realize at the time how valuable it was. Uh, we found a Tiffany lampshade that was just put in a box uh-huh. in, in our off-site storage, and we realized it was you know, a very valuable Tiffany lampshade. Things like that do definitely happen. Mm. Uh, well, what is it about what you do that motivates you? you know, we talk about how important the why is, and, and we like to uncover that with our guests. So what is it? What is it about history or, or uh, museums that fascinates you? Well, I've been – Interested in history since I was a kid. Uh, I, you know, even in fourth grade when we – I didn't grow up in Milwaukee, but in fourth grade we learned our local history too. And even those stories I was, I was very interested in. So I've always had this, this um, fascination with the stories of the past and, and how that influenced how we are today and making those connections. And so, I mean, my favorite part of my job um, – as the curator as well as the uh, operations manager, is essentially telling stories. Mm. Um, And so uh, my background, I came into museums a little bit differently than other people in the sense that I I was more of a history-focused person. I thought I was going to be a high school history teacher. Then I took an education class in college and realized I didn't want to be a high school history (laughs) teacher at all. Uh, And I went off and had a completely different career. I was in the exercise. I went into exercise science. I was in exercise physiology industry for a while. Um, But all of that time I was reading historical books and, and thinking about history, and I realized that uh, that was really what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, was figure out a way to bring history sort of to the public um, in ways that maybe they weren't prepared for it. You know, you hear a lot of people complain about, oh, history's boring, it, you know, it has nothing to do with me. Well, one of the things we do and one of the things we really focus on is trying to make that personal connection. Uh, and that's one of the great things about being at the Historical Society is because it's local history, um, it's very easy to help people make that connection to their family or their place of work or, uh, you know, even a, a, a restaurant or, a, or a, a concert venue that they like to go to. They can learn a little bit more about that and see that personal connection to the history. Yeah, and, and again, I think we talked about that in the prior segments, how important that is to make that connection. You know, I was one of those kids. History was not my favorite subject. And there again, I was saying, how does this apply to me? But when I went to the museum, I saw things differently, and that was super exciting. I, I also think as I age, history is becoming more interesting to me. I've, I've traveled all over the world, and I find that every place I go, um, I enjoy learning about the local history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've talked to a number of people, too, that say with them, too, as they age, history is becoming more of an interest yeah, than that- it was prior prior to or maybe when they were a, were a kid we definitely see that uh at the historical society with the people that come to visit it's you know it's often sort of the later learners that are really interested in in delving into the deep history or learning more about the family history and with with the kids um i mean kids are always they're always waiting for the next big thing you know they're very they're very anticipatory they, they don't necessarily want to look back and think about history but every now and then you'll get a kid who when we tell them something or we show them, you know, an old telephone and, and they realize there's no screen on it or even no numbers. And they, and they, What's this cord attached? Yeah, and they, and they have to try to figure out how, to, how one would work this. Then you kind of see the wheels spinning and, and you can see the connection a little bit more than if I were to just say Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone and blah, 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 blah. So um, that's one of the nice things about being a museum is that we have the physical artifacts 
the material culture that we can use to tell the stories and and that that resonates better with the younger audience. Yeah. Do you have like a record player or an eight track player in your? <laughs> oh, I I bring out I bring out these <laughs> kids old, are like what? Yeah, are these things. I have this wind up graphophone that plays um, wax cylinders, and I bring it out, and the first thing I say is, "This is the original iPod," oh, and their eyes go. all get really big, <laughs> and then I have to explain how it's not really an iPod, but it's it functions in a similar way. Puts things in perspective. For Absolutely. Them, I'm sure. Yeah, Absolutely. they can identify. Well, you had said the uh, Milwaukee County Historical Society has over seventy five thousand artifacts and more than a million photos and documents in their collection. So stay tuned to hear more about what they do with these collections. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and Ben Barbera from the Milwaukee County Historical Society is joining me in the studio today. So, Ben, we said 75,000 artifacts and more than a million photos and documents are housed in the Milwaukee County Historical Society collection. What do you do with all these things? Uh, We spend a lot of time trying to figure out what we have. I, I'm a little bit glib about that, but uh, we, our collection is huge and it's vast and it's a lot of different areas, uh, and it's been collected over a long time. So a lot of what we do is try to figure out what we have, why we have it, what stories we can tell with it, and what we can do with it. Uh, that's from the artifact standpoint. From from the documentary standpoint, uh, we make the these documents uh, available to researchers to come into the research library on a daily basis. Um, and it could be something as simple as, as needing a, a probate record to look at a divorce from the 1970s or a naturalization record to look up an ancestor or photographs of a street that your house is on because you're hoping to see a photograph from 1930 of your house or something like that. So somebody can come into you and do like an Ancestry.com type? <laughs> Similar, yeah. Again, realizing that our scope is Milwaukee sure, County. Sure. But, yeah, we do have naturalization records um, and coroner's reports and lots of other documents along those lines. And we're also a repository for the Milwaukee County records. Uh, so many of the county records, old county records, circuit court records, things like that are in our, our repository. So I could come to you and say, you know, these are my grandparents and I know they live somewhere in Milwaukee. Can you tell me where they lived? And, and just so I could see their home, you could, you, you have the ability to do that. It's, yeah, not always. Okay. <laughs> it's not okay. a flawless system, but yes, yeah, so there is the potential that we could do that. Okay. That's uh, cool. And our archivists are really good. at helping helping the researchers ask the right questions so that we can look to see what we have to help them. Okay, very cool. Well, what are some of your favorite exhibits? Uh, Well, we've done a bunch of um, sort of big, broad exhibits the last few years. Our goal is to do something that's that's broad enough that it'll bring in a a wide wide audience. Um, And so the first year we did architecture. The second year I was there, we did – Beer and brewing, and that was a really popular exhibit. Oh, that I was, can imagine. That was a, it was a fun one to work on. Uh, <laughs> Darn, I, I got to work on this yeah, one. Yeah, no, <laughs> honestly, I'm not a big beer drinker, but it was really interesting because, I mean, beer and brewing is so iconic to Milwaukee. It's right. such an important Milwaukee's identity. Uh, and there had not been a really broad um, exhibit done on beer and brewing on its history at all. And so this was an opportunity for us to really do this for the first time, present the full scope of, of beer and brewing history. So it was a lot of fun to work on. And five years, four years later, I still am getting a lot of traction out of that exhibit. I get calls. I mean, I've, I've done documentary interviews for uh, German television and things like that. So that one was good. 
Uh, my background, um, at least from a, a scholar standpoint, is music, and so we did a music exhibit that was that was really interesting. Music history, not necessarily musicology. And then our most recent exhibit was on prohibition, uh, which turned out to be really fascinating. Um, you know, I knew a little bit about prohibition going into it, but actually digging into the research and realizing how relevant that story is even to today in the sense of um, how much of an uh, impact all these different factors had on it, like the women's right to vote and immigration and um, uh, sort of cultural standards and all this playing in together. And so telling that story was really fascinating as well. So do um, Bonnie from the previous segment was talking about how schools can utilize uh, some of the ex- – uh, um collections i guess uh that they have do you find a lot of schools coming in to the historical society to see what's going on or do you actually go out to the schools we do both uh so school groups have been a big part of uh our mission we um have historic sites where we do school groups and then they also come into the to the society and we do a couple different things when they're there we either uh do a program that's sort of focused on whatever our exhibit is at the time or we do a more uh tailored program uh, talking about some important things in Milwaukee like um, manufacturing and immigration and things like that. Uh, And then just recently this year, we started a program with the Wisconsin Historical Society where we're now doing outreach and going into the schools. And we have somebody who's dedicated and she's going into classrooms twice a week and basically sharing what we're calling hands-on history. So she takes some artifacts with her and and, um, tells stories related to them and the kids can kind of touch and feel and and get that that real... uh, immersive experience yeah yeah so uh, how are the collections used then to to further the the mission of the uh historical society well as i try to explain to the third and fourth graders um each object that we have has a unique story uh each each dress that i have each statue that i have has has a story tied to it so the example i've been giving recently is we have a 300 pound bust of solomon juno who was one of the founders of milwaukee first mayor but this particular bust happened to stand at the top of the second county courthouse and when that building was torn down in 1939 they removed the bust and donated it to us okay um and so that statue alone can tell the story of solomon juno but it can also tell the story of the second county courthouse it can tell the story of preservation and saving things and so we use these objects as as primary sources to tell stories and it's the same thing with our research library i mean basically everything we have in the research library is essentially a primary source it's uh, letters and diaries and photographs and things like that and so it's a really good way to help people learn about milwaukee history and sort of connect it in a real sort of personal and, and tan- tangible way mm. well how would you like to strengthen the collection you know what what do you want to do to to uh, make a change there? The the biggest uh, area where we need to improve our collection is in um, immigrant groups, minority groups, underrepresented groups. Um, like many historical societies, when we started in the 1930s, uh, we were started by the wealthier, upper, upper middle class um, people of, of power. And tend, the, the donations tend to, tended to come from those groups mm. as well. So we have a ton of you know, great Gilded Age, uh, 1890s to 1910 dresses and flatware and anything you can think of is really good in our collection. Uh, but our scope is very limited on um, immigrants in general, but especially recent immigrants. And so that's the area where we're looking most to sort of strengthen and is to make connections with those communities and say, hey, when you're ready to donate your family history or your photographs, you know, this is an opportunity for you to place it someplace where it will be saved forever. Okay. So 
uh, you've got some interesting things going up now, uh, exhibits that uh, are happening now. Um, can you explain a little bit more about those and then maybe what exhibits you're planning for the future? Sure. So our current exhibit is on Prohibition Milwaukee. And again, we take a, a really sort of broad look at this one where we look at the roots of Prohibition, Prohibition itself, and how it affected the city and the county. And it, really the question that we're asking is, we, we talk about the Roaring Twenties and, and did Milwaukee roar during the Roaring Twenties. Uh, and that exhibit is up. We also have a semi-permanent exhibit on Milwaukee history that we think of as sort of a jumping off point for people who are uh, visiting the city or new to the city. Here's a chance to get a quick, concise uh, look at Milwaukee history, look at some of the best artifacts that we have in our collection, and then go from there and go out and sort of explore the city and the county. Uh, as far as future exhibits, uh, next year's exhibit will be very interesting. We're basically going to be sort of diving into a bunch of um, collections with various museums and organizations and institutions throughout the city and trying to show off some things that people wouldn't normally get to see because they either belong to a private collector or maybe a corporate collection or something like that. So we'll bring these out um, and showcase those and then pair them with things from our collection that haven't been seen in a long time. So that this next exhibit in 2020 will be very artifact-focused and really an opportunity to see stuff that, that uh, people don't, don't normally get to see. Okay, and now you're saying um, going to you're doing this as a uh, as a joint effort, as it uh, it seems with other locations. Um, you have multiple locations, right? Yes. Okay, can you talk about that? Yeah, so uh, we have our downtown historical center, as we call it, which is the main building at Kilbourne and Third, the old bank building, very beautiful. But we also have several historic sites. We have the um, Benjamin Church House, which is located in Estabrook Park. That is the oldest. Uh, remaining house in Milwaukee, uh, or was in Milwaukee, it was moved in 1938 to Estabrook Park. It used to be downtown. Okay. Uh, and so that can be visited on the weekends during the summer. We have the Lowell Damon House, which is the oldest standing house in Wauwatosa. Um, that's at um, Wauwatosa Avenue and Rogers. That also can be visited on Sundays. And then uh, out in Greendale, we have the we have Trimborn Farm, which is a historical farm. And the uh, Jeremiah Curtin House. Jeremiah Curtin was a statesman and a translator. Uh, and this is his boyhood home where he grew up. And those those um, two sites can also be visited, and we do a lot of programming out there as well. Wow. Lots of lots of things going on. Yes, Exciting. indeed. Well, we want people to know that um, uh, volunteering is always a good thing. Um, Bonnie Bird uh, shared with us last segment how the Waukesha County Historical Society Museum had over 5,000 hours of volunteer time for the community. So how can people get involved with the Milwaukee County Historical Society? Well, there's a number of different ways. Uh, I mean, from, from the most basic thing is you can come visit us. <laughs> you can become <laughs> a member, the mission, support right? the mission, all that. But, yeah, we're always uh, looking for volunteers, and volunteers can do a number of different things. We have volunteers that work in the research library that help uh, catalog and inventory things. Uh, we have volunteers that work with the museum division helping, again, catalog things, or maybe you have an expertise in some area like textiles or something like that, and you can help with that. And then we need volunteers to help run our programs, whether it be educational programs. So the school groups that we have out at Trimborn Farm, that is completely volunteer-driven. We have long-term volunteers that have been out there for a long time helping with that. And so there's lots of different opportunities to get involved. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, contact information quickly. Do you have a Facebook page, website? Yeah, the easiest way to, to find us is milwaukeehistory.net. That's our website. Uh, or you can look up the Milwaukee County Historical Society on Facebook, and we have a robust presence there as well. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. I want to thank my guests today, Bonnie Bird, Executive Director of the Waukesha County Historical Society, and Ben Barbera, Operations Manager of the Milwaukee County Historical Society. Thank you both for sharing stories and information about our past from both Waukesha as well as Milwaukee counties. We appreciate all you do to provide educational opportunities to our residents. If you would like further information about what we talked about today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning to learn more about some great people and nonprofit organizations that are doing great things in our community. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.